0: Um just being reminded of how much I need the Lord in my life, not because I pastor a church, just because I'm a human. I need Him. Isn't God's presence good this morning? Well, last Sunday we were surprised with the bag full of appreciation for Pastor Appreciation. And we were overwhelmed. And I just wanted to tell everybody, thank you so much. Um, And I'm like, Jeremy, I'm very emotional this morning that praise and worship in the presence of God has been so strong. So I'm trying not to to bawl. But really the appreciation goes on all year long. When we come together as a family. And y'all, y'all's faithfulness and your goodness to us. We are so honored to have all of you in our lives. And thank you so much for being a part of New Life Church. We love you. Amen. Thanks, babe. Well said. And thank you for not only showing your love and appreciation to Haley and I, but also to two other special pastors that we have on staff that we're blessed to have, Pastor Prentice and Pastor Lindsey. Yeah. Thank you for giving Pastor Prentice a hard time and for allowing Pastor Lindsay to do what she does as a part of, as a part of our church. Um, thank you both, from Haley and I too, thank you both for serving and doing what you do, the both visible and the hidden things, because it's, it's not always about public. Some of you, you guys get that, right? And your cards noted that. So, again, thank you. Well, listen, we're going to continue this morning in our series called A New Season, A New Soul. I'm going to invite you to open your word, the Word of God up with me. We've been in Luke 15. That's where we're going to be again today. We're going to try to wrap this story up. This, the story of the prodigal son. And we've been looking at it in a few different parts and different angles. We've talked about the younger son. We talked about what the father's response was. Today, we're going to look at the last character in this story, the older brother or the older son. Luke 15 is where we're going to be. Let's pray over God's word today. Let's bow our heads. God, thank you for today. Thank you not only for your presence that's real, that's acknowledged, but it's very special. And Lord, we thank you for the guidance and the inspiration of your word. So as we open it up today, Holy Spirit, shine your light on it. Let us see things in a clearer way. Let us have a heart to experience you in a fresher way. Let us have a mind to comprehend your words back to our life today. Help me to speak with clarity under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And may you get all the glory and the credit through all of it, Father. We thank you now. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Praise God. We're Luke 15, and we're going to be starting in verse 25 here in just a second. It's just a quick reminder of this um, illustration. You can look up here on the screen for this illustration. We'll start with that. I've been showing this the last couple of weeks the soul, our soul, we, we have a soul, and our soul longs to be integrated and connected, and it seeks harmony. It seeks harmony with our will, our mind, our body. It encompasses that, but the thing about that, about our souls is this, is that when we live in God's will and we live our life according to God's way, then it brings health to our soul. What does that mean? It brings health to our wills where we choose it brings health to our mind, our thoughts. Anybody want a healthy mind? Amen? The, the Word of God says we have the mind of Christ if we are in Christ Jesus. A healthy mind. And it brings health to our bodies, our habits, our appetites, what we desire, those types of things. But That can't happen. Our will and our mind and our body can't be healthy if our soul isn't healthy. So we have to pay attention to our soul. We pay a lot of attention to our bodies. We pay a lot of attention to the external. But how much time do we really look in and focus in on self-examine our soul, the inward part of our life? And so we're going to continue with this series with a the, with the message called The Soul's Potential. This is actually part three of, of this title, The Soul's Potential. Look at the screen. Look at this statement that, that says this. It says, The soul has potential to be healthy. When the needs of the soul are met in God. The soul has the potential to be healthy when the needs of the soul are actually met in God. The soul has a lot of needs. We've been talking about that, exploring that through this story. Today we're going to look at the soul needs to find rest in God's grace. Our souls need to find rest in God's grace. Grace. Let's look at verse 25. And if you don't have your Bibles, you should be able to follow along on the screen as well. Verse 25 says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working, and when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, What was going on? Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. Verse 31, it says, His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me. Got to catch that. You have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has now come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Talking about our souls needing to find rest in God's grace. You see, this older brother, unlike his younger brother, this older brother was close to home, but he was far from his father. In other words, he said the right things, he did the right things, but he was far from his father in his heart. He was able to do all of that and yet remain distant. Did you know this? That we can be close to God in theory, but far from God in reality. In other words, we can say the right things and do the right things, but we can be distant in our heart. Kind of like Peter, when Jesus was arrested, Mark 14 describes this, when Jesus was arrested at his betrayal, and then he was taken into the high priest's house, it said Peter followed Christ from a distance said he followed him from a distance and it said later he was found outside with the guards being warmed up by the fire but yet his soul was growing cold may I suggest to you today that like Peter this older brother his soul was truly not at rest in his father's grace we know in this story if the father here is God that brothers are could be us. So this older brother's soul was not at rest in God. You see, this is what he was doing. He was working so hard at trying not to do the wrong things that he was missing out on enjoying the benefits of his relationship with his father. And how many times do we find ourselves in that position? We try so hard not to do all the wrong things while trying to focus on saying all the right things. But yet inside our heart, we're just not connected. There's a distance. There's a gap going on. In other words, we can, we can say all the right things, do all the right things. But inside, we're, it's just not happening for us. And that's how this older brother was. He, was. he was good at saying all the right things. Doing all the right things. But in his heart, he was far from his father. See, on the outside, he had the right thing going on. But on the inside, he was miserable. He became cynical. He became judgmental. He was prideful and he was self-righteous. And you know the thing about this older brother is, you and I can be him sometimes. We can all be him sometimes. But here's the good news. We don't have to stay there. We don't have to stay in that position of where we say the right things, do the right things. On the outside, it looks good. And on the inside, disconnected. Now, we don't have to stay in that boat. We don't have to stay in that place of life. Things can change. So the question then begs this is, how do we then get what's on the inside to match what's going on on the outside? In other words, what do I do to have my heart connected to God and not just my hands and my feet and my mouth? Not just what I say and what I do that's visible on the external. How do I have my heart connected to God? Because you know what? God cares more about our heart than he does about all the other stuff we are capable of doing. Because when our hearts are truly connected, then what we do and say on the outside actually will line up right and be from the right motive. So what brings that about? How does that happen? How do we make our our heart connected, and not just our hands and our mouth. Here's what I believe, and that is this. We must have our souls rest in God's grace. Our souls need to rest in God's grace. And that's, we're going to look at this older brother here. What does it mean to rest in God's grace? Well, I like the words that Jesus prescribed in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 11. I've, I've actually got it down in two different translations today. I want you to see it in two different translations. One, the NLT translation. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. It says that Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Can you say Rest. It says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find, here it is, rest for your souls. Can you say rest for your souls? He says, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Now look at the message translation. Check this out. The message translation says, are you tired? Some of you going, mm-hmm. Are you worn out? I can see it on some of your faces on Sundays because some of you fall asleep on me. I just reserve myself from calling you out. (laughs) I'm trying to practice resting in God's grace. And if you call your chair grace, that ain't going to work for you, all right? Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? He says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Then he says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Can you guys say rhythms of grace? He says, I won't lay anything heavy on you or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Those are some good words. the words of Jesus. As Max would say, the words are written in red. Amen. I believe there are four places our souls need to find rest. And I'll go ahead and level with you. I don't think we're going to get but past two of them today, okay? So we're going to take the next 15, 20, probably 25 minutes, and we'll go through two of these. And we'll pick up next week. Four places where I believe our souls need to find rest. And we can mirror this, parallel this with this older brother's life here. The first one is this. Our souls need to find rest in God's grace of acceptance. Can you say acceptance? God's grace of acceptance. You see, I believe that this older brother was unable to accept his younger brother coming back home because this older brother had a hard time being accepted himself. And that it can happen in all of our lives. And it can happen with God. It can happen in our view of Him, His view of us. Although His view doesn't change, our view does. You see, Paul said it this way. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And that was after the fact that Paul had already been converted. His name was Saul. He was a Pharisee and he had converted into his faith in Christ Jesus and become a believer. And God changed his name from Saul to Paul. He became an apostle and he said, I am what I am by the grace of God is what he wrote to the Corinthian church, the Corinthian believers. And in other words, God, uh, Paul was, was, was at a place where he understood something, where he relied on God's grace of his acceptance of him to change him from who he used to be into who he is now. Because if you know Paul's story, Paul was a murderer. Paul was hard-hearted. Paul was just a, a, a cold soul. Paul was one who who had it in for believers, and God had it in for him, but God had a way of changing his heart. He took his heart from cold and made it warm, took it from hard and made it soft. He, and he, he caused Paul to really understand and, and realize some things about, about Jesus. And, and so Paul understood he was relying on God's grace of accepting him. If anybody had any reason to say, well, I can't be accepted by God because of what I've done, Paul surely was that man. And sometimes we have a hard time with, the, with staying in the grip of God's grace because we base it on what we can do for God and not what Jesus has done for us. Because you see, here's the real fact. God does not accept us based on what we can do for Him. He accepts us based on what Jesus has already done for us. There's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. In, and to rest in God's Grace of acceptance is we have to learn to accept the work that God has already done through Jesus Christ. And that's why, Jesus, I like these words in Matthew 11. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you weary? Are you heavy burdened? Why? Because we put more on ourselves, our own expectations, and what you and I think we can do and what we should be doing, and not as much on what God has already done through Christ. And so what we do then, that, change, that affects our relationships. When somebody doesn't live up to our expectations, it changes. Sometimes it can change our view of them. In our marriage relationship, in a parent relationship, in interpersonal relationships, on the job, in the church... When we don't live up to certain levels like we think we are capable of doing, and when others don't do that according to our standard for their life, and since when did we decide that we could be the standard for somebody else's life to live up to? Last time I checked, the Word of God says we don't compare ourselves among ourselves. We are to look to Jesus as the standard bearer. And the thing about Jesus is this, is when we fall flat on our face, He's there to pick us back up. Amen? Aren't you glad? And here's the reality, and that is this, is that he expects you and I to be able to do the same. But I know that we're not all that good at it like this older brother. He said, I have stayed here with you. I have slaved and worked for you, Dad, all these years. Meanwhile, my younger so, your younger son, my younger brother, has been wasting his money on prostitutes. And here he is, he's back at home, thinking he's going to just slip right back in. And sometimes we have a hard time with God's grace because we have a hard time accepting it for our own selves. we got to learn to begin to give people, especially those in our context of community relationships, give people not only the benefit of the doubt, but give give God room to work with His grace in somebody's life. Because Lord knows we sure need it in our life, don't we? That doesn't mean we're not there for them. It doesn't mean we can't tell people the truth. It doesn't mean we can't do and point them to the right way or any of that. It just means we don't point our fingers and just wait for them to mess up again, right? God's grace of acceptance its not always easy. You see, the more times we, re- we reject this acceptance, the more our souls get fatigued. Did you know that you could have a tired soul? We try to navigate life without God's help. Thus, we become weary and worn out, not in our bodies per se, but in our souls. See, a body can get refreshed and rested if it gets some sleep. But it takes a little extra time and healing in God's hands for our souls to get what it needs to be rejuvenated. See, our souls can get fatigued. Here, I want to just say a couple, a few soul fatigue indicators that that can happen in us. If you know I don't want you to raise your hand or shout. Yeah, I know that's going on. Just think about it. Some soul fatigue in- indicators. Our souls can get weary and worn out because we lack the ability to rest in God's grace of acceptance. Here's one. Things seem to bother you more than they should. Things seem to bother you more than they should. Maybe it's the way your spouse chews their food. 20 years you've been together and it ain't bothered you yet. And now all of a sudden, the way they chew their food, it starts to rub you the wrong way and irritate you and get you all mad and upset. And you sit down, to a nice family meal together, and then they're going to sit there and chew their food steak like that, or, or sip their tea that way, or, 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 or suck up that that noodle, and let it just, it's 12 foot long, and they, I'm going to suck the whole thing up, and you're like, cut that thing in half, and eat it like a real person, like you got some manners, and you forgot that was the thing that you liked about them, oh, isn't that cute, look at that. Ain't nothing, you were blind, love. You were blinded by love, and nothing, nothing messed up with you on their end. And and, and now all of a sudden, your soul's gone through some experiences. Your soul has gone through some issues. You've got some battle wounds and some battle scars, right? This world portrays you should be afraid of everything. And everybody around you is your enemy, right? And things start to go uh, flare up, and you go through life. You, you got demoted, or you you didn't get the promotion. You lost a loved one, and things start to take an effect on our souls. And we go through life, and we go through some warfare and our souls get fatigued, man, that issue with that person sure didn't work out the way I wanted it to, and it left you fatigued. And you might not know it at the time or realize it at the time and call it that at the time, but you start to have these indicators. People starting to get on my nerves. Right? This stuff used to not bother me, but now it's starting Bother me. Here's another indicator. It's hard to make up your mind about even some of the most simple decisions. What am I going to wear? I know to some of you that's like the hardest thing in the world. Steve Jobs, the guy with Apple, you know, the big, it was told that, you know, if you ever saw him in these last 15 or so years on TV or anything, all he had on was. Black jeans and a black turtleneck and some tennis shoes. He said, I don't waste my energy trying to decide on futile things. So he wore the same thing every day. I don't condone that or say, yes, what we should all do or anything. I'm just saying he had a hard time making some decisions, even though he was one of the smartest guys around and one of the most wealthiest around. But see, our souls get fatigued, and we sometimes have a hard time making the smallest, simpler decisions. Combo one or combo four. Mm. Sweet tea or Diet Coke, so I'll make myself feel better. (laughs) Simple decisions sometimes become hard because our souls get fatigued. Here's another one. Impulses to eat, drink, spend, or crave are harder to resist than they should be. Right? Here's another one. We're more likely to favor short-term gains in ways that leave us with high long-term cost. We'd rather get the quick fix than put a little time, elbow grease, money, prayer into waiting for the long-term solution that'll carry us on. Why do you think people get drunk? Trying to wash their short-term blues away, and you wake up with a, I'm told, with a major headache. I saw somebody walk in with a headache this morning. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. (laughs) Pastor Prentice, you were telling me you had a headache earlier today. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we're always, people in our world, we're looking for those fixes, right? Why do, we get, why do people get high? Not just, not just the addiction. It can turn into that. Why do people have sex outside of marriage? Right? Think about it. Here's another one, last one. We have less courage when our souls are fatigued. It's been known that people have said this fatigue makes cowards of us all. Fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, fretting, all of those things start to get bigger and more amplified in our life the longer our souls are ignored. And we don't give our souls the proper care that they need. You see, this older brother, he he had soul fatigue. Because he was unable to just settle down and rest in God's grace of accepting him. He was the son. He was the older son. this guy had it all. And he had the benefits, but he forgot how to just rest in who he was. And he tried to make more of it than it really should have been. We've got to learn to rest in God's acceptance via his grace, not via our ability. Amen? Our ability will never get us there. Let's look at this second thing. as We'll stop with this one. We've got to learn to rest in God's grace of sustenance or God's sustaining grace. Can you say sustaining grace? See, I believe that this older brother had a tough time resting in God's sustaining grace, his father's sustaining grace. He had a tough time moving forward in his life because he was unwilling to allow his father to, to truly be his father. You see, you and I, when we are called, we're called to live our life in a way with God, for God, that will set our life up to where we are always being replenished, replenished by God's grace in our life. And when you and I stop being replenished by God's grace, then we're trying to supplement what we need out of our own ability and accord, out of our own way of doing life. And Jesus in Matthew 11 straight up just said, Hey, are you worn out? Are you tired? Are you carrying around burdens that are too big for you? You got worries that, that you, 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 made, you made mountains out of molehills? You, you, you're carrying around these things that you've allowed to get bigger and bigger and bigger and things festered and are and starting to blow up and now here you are. He said, you don't have to do that. You don't have to carry that kind of stuff around in your soul anymore because I have grace that is sustaining that will carry you not only in this season but will carry you through every season that you will encounter in life. I'm so glad that God doesn't save us in one season and then leave us to fetch for our own in the next season. Aren't you glad? I'm glad that, that whatever we can encounter and experience in God's goodness and God's grace in our life today, He's also capable of continuing it on tomorrow and next year, and the year after, and on down the road. You see, we don't have to really worry about it. Jesus spent a whole message on it in, in, the, in the, what's called the Sermon on the Mount. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, and what you're going to wear, and what you're going to drink, and where you're going to sleep. He said, look at the birds. Look how I take care of all of them. My Father takes care of all of them. And He said, aren't you worth more than them? Because we, out of all creation, we are the only ones that were, that were created in the image and the likeness of God. No other creation. Just us. Seven, over seven billion of us created in the image and likeness of God. But yet we all don't live up to the potential that our souls have. Because oftentimes we fail to rest in God's grace that sustains us. So how then do we, let, how do we live our life? How can we live our life in a way that sets us up to always be dependent on Him in our own acknowledgement and to be replenished by His grace? Well, I think what we can do is practice what Jesus practiced. We, can, we need to engage our life in what Jesus practiced. What did He practice? One of the things He practiced was this. He had close friends. Actually, it was a close circle of friends. He had 12 of them to be exact, and I know one of them became his enemy. So for a long period of time, it was his frenemy, his friend and his enemy. Don't think he didn't know. But he had a close circle of friends. Are you able to allow yourself to have a close circle of friends? Friends that that do this. Friends that don't just go along with everything you say, but friends who are there to challenge you and to help you grow more in godliness, provoke you to good deeds, as Hebrew says. Those kinds of friends, the kinds of friends that challenge our worldview at times. You see, God created us to have companionship, a circle of community and friendship. It's good for our soul. Jesus practiced that. He practiced another thing. He practiced attending corporate worship every week. He was found to be in the synagogue consistently. And that, friends, is part of the ingredients of how you and I can set ourselves up to receive from God's grace that will sustain us. Because I don't know about you, but this morning was just one of those mornings where it just felt, everything was just in a groove Like I was lost, Jake. I was lost. I was standing over there. Just just the presence of God, man. Just real. You know what I'm talking about. And it's like, Jeremy, you don't have to try so hard. Just let my grace work in your life. And I'll sustain you. I'll sustain you. I'll strengthen you for what you need this week. Because God knows what is going to happen in our life this week. Whether we want to admit it or not. And He's the one who's able and capable and willing to give us the grace we need in order to endure what life has ahead of us. Not advocating wanting bad things to happen or any of that kind of nonsense. I'm just saying we all have a day and we all have our weeks. We all have our seasons, but God's grace is sustaining. I mean, here's another practice Jesus had. He did this. He, oh, wait, he read the scriptures. So I thought you were going to tell me something like, you know, I was ready to write it down. You're like, this is going to really change my life, man. This message right here, what you were going to tell me, it was just going to revolutionize my life. And it's, yeah, he read the word. Go figure that, huh? Right? Sometimes we want there to be just this massive equation of putting all the right things in place that just blows our mind. And really the whole time it's staring us right in the face. It's so simple, yet it's often so hard to do, right? He read the scriptures. He allowed himself to be fed the word of God. Jesus did to replenish his spirit with God's grace. Here's another thing he did. He he actually enjoyed outside. He was Now I know the way you got around back then was not, you know, in your vehicle like we have today. They walked. So they were out a whole lot more. I get that. And I know our societies are different these days, but God gave us creation to enjoy and to look back at and be mesmerized by its beauty and its majesty and think surely there is a creator beyond what, Some people think that His name is God. Look at what He has given us to enjoy. Here's something that I did in the summertime and early part of the school year is often every evening I'd take my three girls out for a walk, put two of them in a little wagon, Neen's old enough to ride her bike, and we would walk our neighborhood it wasn't like crazy long, you know, maybe 15 minutes. You know, we didn't have some deep conversation or any of that kind of stuff. It was more like, Dad, which way do we go, left or right? And I'm like, oh, let's just go left here. But 15 minutes outside and then coming home at the end of a work day, it just completely cleared my mind. The weight, you don't realize it sometimes. I don't know if you do or not, but we carry stuff home with us. We carry stuff home with us. I carry your burdens home with me. And I can't just let all those burdens out at my kitchen table. I've got to be able to give them to God. And that's just one of the ways. Enjoying the outside. You do what you do with that. But, you know, it's just one of the simple things that Jesus did. He oftentimes would get outside. Here's another one. He, he served others. Especially children. No. I served some children last night in my van, taking them around trick or treating. And from one neighborhood to the next, it it got loud in my van. It was three year olds and six year olds, and they got some lungs. About three times I told them, me and the other dad in advance, let's quiet down, let's quiet down. You think that helped? Lord, no, it didn't help. I was worn out when I got home last night. (laughs) I was tired trying to watch the last couple innings of the World Series. I was falling asleep. My brother-in-law was looking at me like, I'm in town for company, and you're going to fall asleep on me? But it's amazing when you serve other people, it'll wear you out. It will. But you can go to bed rewarded. So I challenge you. We practice what Jesus practiced, serving others, putting others before ourselves. And listen, it ain't always easy. I get that. It is not always easy to do that. But if we allow ourselves to do that, Not only do we feel good about ourselves, that's going to happen because we're human and we're egotistical that way. But God has a way of connecting with us and replenishing us. Amen? And here's the last thing Jesus prayed. Now, I was good with having friends and coming to church and occasionally reading the Bible, but now you're going to tell me I got to pray? I have to pray? You do if you want your spirit and your soul to be refreshed by God's sustaining grace. Now, let me tell it to you this way. Before you close me off, shut me up in your mind and thinking about what you're going to eat today. Just listen to this. Think about it with this question. Can I keep God in my mind today regardless of... Of what I am doing. Jesus advocated quiet times. Obviously I'm going to advocate quiet times. Quiet times in and of themselves are not the end all. What I mean by quiet time in case you haven't really heard that before. Quiet time is you getting alone for a few minutes before you start your day and having a few minutes in the Word of God, praying, and just getting a few minutes by yourself with you and the Lord, kind of setting your orientation right and getting thing, your mind prepped, your heart ready for the day, because who knows what you're going to encounter or what you're going to have. Any of us, we need that. Jump, Those things, quiet times, jumpstart our day. But here's the thing. Keeping God in my mind replenishes me throughout the day through the various situations that I will encounter. I recently tried to start doing this over the last month or two. Not only besides my quiet time, because here's the deal. God doesn't want to just work on me and work with me in just my quiet time. God wants to work with me, work through me, and work on me throughout every moment of the day. And our souls will get fatigued by the time we drop our kids off at school or get them off on the bus. And before we even park our car and had our first cup of coffee, we're already, God, can this day end already? Sometimes I'm like that with my one-and-a-half-year-old. I'm like looking forward to sleep already when the day starts. She don't know no difference right now. A long time from now, she'll figure it out what, what I'm talking about. But, man, our souls get tired. And here's the thing, quiet times do, they jumpstart us, but here's the thing, when we can consciously keep God in our mind throughout the day, we're more apt to talk to Him. We're more prone to pray, not just when we get pulled over for speeding. Not just when our boss lays on five projects to be done in four days. Not just when our kids come home from school upset. Sure, we call on God in our moments of time and need. It says He is an ever-present Lord in the time of trouble. Absolutely. But we're talking about our souls needing to be refreshed and replenished all day, every day a sustaining grace. God's grace is not just meant for a moment, an issue, a problem. It works. But His grace is for the 86,400 seconds in every day. So let me propose this thought to you when it comes to prayer. Try this. Try this. When you wake up, as soon as you can try to think and talk to yourself... Invite God to be with you this day. Nothing hard, nothing crazy, long, theologically sound, like uh, whatever. It's this. God, I invite you to be with me today. When I started doing that, I started to realize how many days I've lived my life and I didn't intentionally, purposely invite God to be with me until it came up that I needed him. How about we start our day that way, like this? Try to consciously experience Jesus walking next to you. The key word there is consciously. That you don't go around talking to yourself all day. Because you might be told you're going to need to take some time off. And don't tell them what church you go to if you talk talking to yourself all day, every day. Or if you do, yeah, just don't. I don't want you to lie. Then I'll be in trouble. Try to consciously experience God walking with you. When you're stuck back there all by yourself in that office with no windows, I don't know how you do it every day. I pray for you every day I drive by there. Praying that the darkness doesn't cloud out and drown out the dream of the Lord in your heart. Imagine consciously thinking, experiencing God walking with you. When you're making decisions, when you're doing surgeries, Putting out bids, when you're mowing lawns, when you're taking care of your family, you're working hard, when you get a bad negative diagnosis from the doctor, it's God's sustaining grace. It's His sustaining grace. You see, all of us will have a tough time moving forward if we can't learn to just rest in God's sustaining grace. But we need to start our day off on the right foot. Invite God to walk with us and be a part of our everyday And then consciously keep Him in our mind. How many moments of every day can I live with God? I think we'll start to find ourselves looking at problems and situations and problematic people. Through the eyes of the Lord. Let's stand to our feet. Come on, I need you more. Let's run through that course one time. As a closure to this message and as a response to heaven today, because more than you know, more than we realize, God wants to pour out His grace in your life. Come on, Jake, lead us in that real quick, buddy.